to Small Biz, Big Wins, where every episode is a new journey into the heart of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Summer Poquette, here to navigate the thrilling world of small business with you. Each week, we dive into the inspiring stories and joyful triumphs of real business owners. Get ready to be empowered with actionable advice, and most importantly, celebrate the spirit of small business. Let's dive into how every small victory shapes your big success. This is Small Biz, Big Wins. Let's make it happen. I tell anyone who wants to have a business, they need to do two things. The first is to legally set up their business as an LLC or whatever their attorney recommends and get their EIN number. The second is calling their insurance agent to protect their new business from liabilities. Lawsuits and unforeseen events like property damage can financially cripple your business. You're building a business which comes with rewards and risks. When you invest in small business insurance, it's not only protecting your business, but conveying to your customers that you're credible. You take yourself seriously. Insurance can be hard to understand, and for most businesses that's that don't have an unlimited budget, it's easy to consider skipping certain coverages, especially if they're not mandated by law. And I'm not a gambler, so that will not be my advice. I'm also not an expert in commercial or business insurance, which is why I have invited Ashley DeCartwright. Ashley, did I say your name? I probably butchered it. That's me. Um, It's fine. Okay, to the show today. Ashley is a good friend and my personal commercial insurance agent, and she owns Harbor Bren Insurance Agencies. She's been in the industry since 1998 and present of her company since 2016. She understands not only insurance, but the world of small business. Today on Small Biz Big Wins, Ashley is going to help us understand some different types of insurances a small business might need and why they're important to the financial future of a business. So please take note that each business is unique, okay? So it's imperative that you speak with your attorney and your insurance agent if you have questions about specific businesses. So this is my disclaimer, right? We're not giving you professional advice. This is for educational and informational purposes only. All right, so now that we've got that out of the way, welcome to the show, Ashley. And please say your full name So I, because I butchered it. So my name is Ashley DeCarteret, just exactly like, like it looks. Um, it is a new name, though, because I got married last year, so I, I know I, I answer to a said, lot of different names. <laughs> I almost said your, your old name, right? So I was like, oh, my gosh. So I had to put – actually, I was writing this show stuff, and I had to retype it like three times. So, gosh. Yeah, but. I, I totally understand. <laughs> oh, okay. So before I dive into these questions, because I have so many, um, tell our listeners Listeners, a little bit about yourself, your agency, and how you got started in the insurance industry. <laughs> I think um, most people that start in the insurance industry, they're either born into it or they fall into it. Very few people actually choose to go into insurance as a career. <laughs> um, I was born into it. So my dad started our agency in the late 70s, and he started introducing me as his retirement when I was about 12. So in many ways, I feel like I was brainwashed into getting into this business. Um <laughs> After college, though, I I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I came back home and he had an employee that decided to leave to be a stay at home mom. And he offered me her position. And I had worked for the agency off and on before that. Um, Pretty much every school break during college, I was at the agency, but full time since 1998. And 
Uh, dad pretty much retired about three years after I started. So <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, I've been running things for, for a while now. Wow. Just like jump right in. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. So we have so much to discuss and I, I I'm sure you get a lot of these questions um, from small business owners or friends. And so I think it'll be great to kind of lay it all out here on the podcast and you can just say, hey, listen here, I explain it all over on Small Biz Big Win. So I really want to break down the different types of insurance so the small business owners understand these differences. So can you walk us through like general liability, professional liability, also called errors and admissions or E&O mm-hmm. insurance. What are they and what is the difference between what they cover? Sure. So general liability is pretty standard. Most insurance policies, most um, business insurance policies, package policies, business owner policies, they will include liability coverage. Okay. That is going to cover you for Premises liability. Someone trips and falls on your premises and injures themselves and they sue you. You've got liability coverage for that. Um, If you rent your location and you cause damage to your landlord's building, Mm. that could cover liability for that. Um, I kind of made some notes because I didn't want to forget to say something. So I may look over here every once in a while. But um, property damage. bodily injury, libel and slander. So this is important. You're familiar with this from the marketing perspective and things. Um, Business owners can be sued for libel or slander. If you put an ad out there that uh, defames another business, they could sue you for that. Your general liability coverage would protect you from that. Um, False advertising, um, things like that. Premises liability is probably one of the biggest, most important factors in Michigan now. So my disclaimer is I'm an agent in Michigan. Most of what I'm talking about is relevant specifically for Michigan. Some of it is more relevant across the country. Um, When it's Michigan specific, I'll let you know. (laughs) Premises liability has changed in Michigan since last year. So Mm -hmm. the Supreme Court of Michigan, there was a court case in July of last year that took away the open and obvious disclaimer that was used for most premises liability claims. So you are at a gas station, and this is actually one of the claim, one of the the court cases that went into this woman got out of her car at a gas station, slipped and fell on ice and injured herself and sued the gas station that they didn't maintain their property well enough and it caused her injury. Prior to this court case, that claim wouldn't have gone anywhere because in Michigan, Odds are good it's going to be icy and cold and it's open and obvious that that is that is yeah. an icy situation and you should just be more careful when you're walking. The premises owners did not have a responsibility to make sure you're aware that it's icy because in Michigan in the winter it's often icy. Yep. The Supreme Court reversed that. And so wow. now you can be held liable for icy sidewalks and situations like that. You can um, they can bring a court case. And now you still have to be liable. So you still have to have done something wrong sure. for them to, to... So maybe you didn't salt it or you didn't plow or Correct. you didn't do something. Okay. If you didn't maintain it and you should have, then you could be found liable. There's also mm-hmm. comparative negligence in Michigan. So in that case, the individual that falls could be partially at fault. They They could be 
40% at fault. They should have taken better care. But because we have comparative negligence, the business owner could still be responsible for economic damages. They could still be responsible mm. for medical bills and things like that. So liability coverage, general liability coverage covers all of that and is super important. Yeah. So small Most, business owners, you need to really think about, it, yes. it, you know, that is a must for you. I mean, if you a, own or rent, either got one, it. because okay. even if you just rent your location, you are still liable for what happens on that property. Wow. Okay. That's really good to know, especially in Michigan or any states where you have snow and ice, right? Like, Absolutely. I mean, that is definitely risky. Okay. The second case with that too, it wasn't just ice. It was the second case was a woman who tripped over a cable in a Kroger's. So there was a, a like a cord between a stand and, oh. and this, and she tripped over it and injured herself. So it's not just weather yeah. related. It can be a lot of different things. Sure. Okay. When you talk about insurance, insurance is a huge part of your risk management strategy as a business owner, but it's not the only part. So looking at your surroundings, is there something that is open and obvious that you should mm -hmm. maybe take care of or repair? Doing your due diligence in advance. Things fall off walls and hit you know, people and clients and things like sure. that. Make sure things are secure. Trying to do your best to prevent a situation is way better than having to rely on your insurance and totally. having, having the claim in the first place is something you should not have. Yeah. Doing what you can to prevent the claims in the first place is the best thing to that do. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, yeah. so general insurance, that's what it covers. Yes. Now, what is professional liability insurance though? Like, so do I need that? Professional is a little bit different. Um, professional liability is usually used by or needed by businesses that are more in the service area of things. Okay. So they're not necessarily making products, um, product liability, that kind of stuff comes on, on package policies, but, or can be added to, but the professional liability. So me as an insurance agent, if I make a mistake, if someone calls to add a vehicle to their policy and I just flat out make a mistake and don't yeah. add it and they're in an accident down the road, that was my error. So my professional business, I am a professional insurance agent. If I screw up, my professional liability covers those situations. So that's errors and emissions coverage, like you said, professional yeah. liability. Doctors will have malpractice insurance. Marketers will have, yes. As, a, as in the service industry, you are a human and humans make mistakes every day. Exactly. Exactly. So to me, it seems like this is a no-brainer that... Mm -hmm you have to have professional liability insurance if you are in the service industry. Absolutely. I mean, it depends on what the service is. If you're in, you know, hospitality or something like that, there's usually not a professional liability exposure there. Okay. Um, but like attorneys and CPAs and, and um, social media professionals, sure. insurance agents, all of those kinds of doctors, obviously with malpractice insurance, those require the professional liability. Okay. And it, it's, usually a kind of in-depth application that you need to complete and you need to know details about your business and a lot of times your customers or your premium volume in the case of insurance agents or, mm -hmm. you know, for attorneys, there's, spe there's specific questions based on the industry that you're in. Got it. So, so these are, you know, for anyone listening, these are two separate policies. So you have your general Correct. liability and then you have your professional liability, which means that 
they're separate applications, maybe mm-hmm. even, you know, there's going to be separate costs attached. So that's important to know. Now, yeah. if I rent or I own a building, you talked about how general liability covers certain things. Is there a, another mm-hmm. type of insurance I need if I own or rent a building for my business? Yes. Uh, well, yes and no. So if you own the building, you're going to want to cover the building itself. You're going to okay. want to have property coverage. Now, business owner policies, BOP policies, acronym, or uh, commercial package policies will generally include both liability and property. So you can, if you own a building, you can add your property coverage right to that policy. So it's not a separate policy. It's just adding additional coverage to your existing. Okay. That's good to know. The important thing to know though, is if you rent or lease your building, make sure you understand what your contract says. Because your contract could say that you are responsible for covering the building under your insurance. It's not super common, but my ah. my my office building is owned by my parents' trust. My dad doesn't want to pay the insurance on it. So within the contract that we signed for our lease, sure. we are responsible for paying the insurance on the building, even though we don't own it. So whatever your lease, your, land, your uh, rental yeah. contract says is what you need to do from that standpoint. A quick shout out to our sponsor, Keep It Real Social, an award-winning marketing agency. They're not just marketers, but storytellers, making your business shine. Thanks to Keep It Real Social for empowering us and our listeners in the digital world. For your digital marketing solutions, check out keepitrealsocial.com. Back to Small Biz Big Wins for more insights and inspiration. So we rent and our mm-hmm. rental contract or lease says we are required to have X number of, you know, like this is what our insurance should cover. So it states right. in the lease. So exactly. so business owners, you're looking at renting something, read your lease and make sure that you're covered. We had to prove that. So I'm, I'm assuming most leases work like that. But yeah, yeah. understand. Yeah. So you, yeah, that's good to know. Now, how about commercial auto insurance? And mm-hmm. I, we have a car, um, owned by the business, our employees, you know, drive the vehicle. So we have a commercial auto insurance, but is there another type of policy? If you, you don't own a car, but your employees are driving and you're reimbursing for miles. Do you need to think about anything as a small business owner? So if you're reimbursing for miles and, and employees are using their own vehicles and things like that, there's not really a, um, there's not a specific policy that you need to have in place. Okay. Unless you want to cover their vehicles if they're in accidents and things like that. There, there's a coverage that you can get on a commercial auto policy called hired and non-owned. Hired and, so, and non-owned. Okay. Yes. So it's it's getting a commercial auto policy, but it's adding this coverage of hired and non-owned. Think uh, pizza delivery places. So if okay. all of their pizza delivery drivers are driving their own vehicles, Typically, delivery is excluded on a personal auto policy. So if Mm. I'm using my personal auto to deliver pizza, most likely my personal auto policy will not cover my vehicle or my liability while I'm driving for a business. Wow. And so the pizza place should have a commercial auto policy with hired and non-owned. That can be pretty expensive. Um, I'm not going to lie. There are other situations where um, we have nonprofits that don't own a vehicle as the nonprofit, but they have a lot of volunteers that drive and do things. They'll have a commercial auto policy with hired and non-owned, and it's not that expensive. Okay. Um, It really just depends on what's the exposure. So pizza delivery, think back to the Domino's days when they used to say you could get it 
30 minutes or less. Do you know how many car accidents they got into because they were rushing to deliver it because otherwise they'd have to give it to them for free? Wow. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why Domino's got rid of that tagline, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it was costing them some um, money. <laughs> huh? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That is really good to know. Okay. Because, you know, a lot of times employees or volunteers do run errands, they're on work time. So, you know, if you want to make sure that they're protected too. And and this is definitely something talk to your insurance agent about because your exactly. situation might be different. You might not own a pizza shop where you have delivery right. drivers. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. The the other thing with insurance, and it's kind of important to remember, there's there's a lot of different ways to buy insurance. So you can go online and quote your, your, your insurance and get it directly from a carrier through a website. You can go with a direct writer, um, State Farm, Farm Bureau, Allstate, things like that. Okay. Those are called direct writers because typically they only have their company that they write with. So State Farm writes with State Farm. Um, Allstate writes Allstate. Every once in a while, they'll have an additional um, company that they can write with for, for non-standard business, but typically they're straight with that company. The okay. third way, and, and the one I'm slightly biased towards in the way I recommend is using an independent agent. Okay. So I own my own business. It's an independent insurance agency. We write with 15 to 20 different insurance companies. And so we can take, and, and any independent agent can do this, sit down with an individual, look at their specific situation. What is their exposure? What is their business? What is their... Mm-hmm. What is, what is it that they're doing? And then find the best company that, to work with them. Find the best company from a coverage standpoint, from a pricing standpoint, all of those kinds of things. So Interesting. Okay. When you say talk to your agent, yeah. hugely <laughs> important. Hugely yes. important. Talk talk to your agent. And it's good. I'm glad you broke that down because, you know, I, I know a lot of us see the commercials online. We hear them. Um, and but then you have these independent insurance agencies and they can essentially shop around. But what I love is that you can customize it. Exactly. And, and you have, you know, okay, this company is really great for this. And this is really great for this. And you can almost mix and match. So we yep. might be with different companies getting the best price, but also the best coverage for your business. You also have one person that's overseeing all of it. And so where I've seen challenges and problems come into play is when you have this policy here and this policy here, and, oh, you went online and got this policy here. You don't have anybody that's that's an expert that's really looking at your overall exposure. How do these policies work together? Yeah. Um, you mentioned the, 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 the ads on TV and things mm-hmm. like that. I love them. Mayhem's my, absolutely my favorite. Flow drives me nuts. <laughs> the duck I don't get. You know, I, I the yeah. Liberty Mutual Limu Emu thing. Yeah. I'm very confused by. But I love the I love, I love the ads. The challenge and the problem is they have conveyed to the consumer that insurance is a commodity that is mm. the same. So I can save you fifteen percent or more. But I'm not sure the coverage is going to be the same between those companies. So not Good every point. policy is the same. And and that's one of the biggest challenges. It's one of the biggest challenges I'm facing is the perception that every policy out there is exactly the same. You're just looking for the lowest price. And that is not the case at all. There's coverage changes 
very different between carriers. So, well, and and it's every business is different. So I'm going to, you know, admit here uh, before I came to Harbor Bren and, you know, had you look over everything I had done what most small business owners have done. We shop around, we get the cheapest. And when I sat down with you and it, it was a big undertaking, like we had to spend a lot of time I realized we were so underinsured. I realized there were things we had that we didn't need, but I got that because I was able to sit down with an independent insurance agent who cared about my business, who was asking the right questions. I wasn't just filling out an online form and checking off things. Like it was that customization. So it's like, do you want McDonald's or do you want like, you know, a fine dining experience? And with you... I got the fine dining experience where it was customized. You cared about my experience. Without the fine dining prices. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing. I actually saved money. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's incredible. Like, so if anybody's like, well, you know, I just got this policy. It was easy. Really, I, I do encourage you to reach out to an independent insurance agent and figure out, you know, someone who is who cares about small business owners that have that experience. So that's really, really important. So let's talk a little bit about employees. So you're a sole proprietor. You start to expand. You know, in my case, I started out with myself. I added employees. Then I needed to add, if you have at least one employee, that's my understanding, you have to have workers' comp insurance. What is this and why is it important? Sure. So the actual rule in Michigan, and I'm going to look at my notes again. So Michigan Mm -hmm. law states that you have to have three or more employees or one that works for 35 hours or more for 13 weeks in a row. Okay. It's, it's confusing as clear as mud, right? (laughs) Um, Every state is different with their work comp laws. There are some states, uh, they're all very different. So in general though, workers comp coverage provides medical and lost wages for employees that are injured while working. So on the job, they trip and fall, they have something fall on them. I mean, work comp claims are not unusual. Um, You know, meat slicer in the deli, those kinds of things that just make me cringe. Yeah. Um, You are legally obligated as a business owner to take care of your employees if they're injured while working legally. You, you, okay. you cannot get out of this. Workers' comp coverage pays for that on your behalf. So they pay lost wages if they're out of work. Okay. Um, they pay for the medical bills. So surgeries, doctor's appointments, all of those kinds of things. Um, they will also help with a um, like a back to work program. So if somebody is seriously oh. injured and then um, they can come back to work, but they have to do light duty for a period of time or whatever, they help bring that person back in and, and, um, and get them back employed and, and working again. So as a small business owner, is a small business owner, like put, putting money into this each month, putting it into like a pool. And then when it's used, how, how does that work for well, small businesses? So every single insurance policy you have that you pay for, you're putting money into a pool and then it gets okay. taken out by the people that have claims. The um, workers comp is sold by a bunch of different companies in Michigan. There's some states where it is a fund or a pool or something like that. In Michigan, there's carriers that write workers comp coverage. Okay. You pay a premium. So, so when you get the policy, 
And for a new business owner, some of this is going to be guesswork because mm-hmm. it's based on your payroll. So ah. how much are you anticipating you will pay your employees over the coming year? Okay. And then depending on what roles those employees are in, if they're clerical, there's a rate for that. If they are mm. tree trimmers and they're 50 feet up in the air, there's a rate for that. So the the rates are based on what their job duties are and how what the exposure is for injury there. So you, you, your premium is determined based on what you expect to pay for payroll. And then at the end of the year, most um, companies, maybe not for small work comp policies, but most companies will audit the work comp. Mm, okay. So at the beginning of the year, you say, this is what I'm paying everybody. So this is my exposure that I'm paying for over this year. At the end of the year, say you had a huge new account that you got and you had to hire three more people to take care of it. And sure. all of a sudden your payroll is way higher than what you expected it to be your policy would cover those injuries. So if those employees were injured, even though they weren't listed or covered um, when you first started the policy, your policy is going to cover any injuries for those new employees. Nice. Because there's coverage for them at the audit time, they're going to go back and say, okay, what was your actual payroll? And if your actual payroll was Uh, higher than what you projected, you're going to owe more premium because the exposure was greater than what they anticipated. Wow. And, and you're legally required to have this. So what's, let's say I try to sneak around and not have it. Cause I know some small business owners are pinching pennies there. They think this Absolutely. is something they can skip. So basically they can skip it. There is nothing that is going to come in play and say, you're a bad person. We're going to fine you until mm-hmm. there's an injury. If somebody is injured and they're working for someone that does not have workers' comp coverage, you not only have to pay their medical bills and lost wages and everything out of pocket because you're legally responsible for that. So the business owner has to pay that. There are also fines that the state will impose um, that Mm. you should have had this coverage and didn't. So you end up paying more out of pocket, significantly more out of pocket when you have an injury and you don't have workers' comp in place. Sounds like um, a really big gamble a small business exactly. owner should not take. And if they're working mm-hmm. with an independent insurance agent like yourself, you're probably asking these questions. Oh, and sure. so it's not going to be sure. something that's going to get missed, right? So that's right. really, really important. Now, nowadays, oh, there are so many data breaches. There are so many oh hackers gosh. out there. There are so many cyber crimes. It seems important to have cyber insurance. Is this more commonly recommended for small business owners? And if so, like, why should a small business owner consider it? Now, I know, like, why it's important for my business, but kind of give us an overview of cyber um, insurance and why it's important. Because five years ago, 10 years ago, this probably didn't exist. Yeah, it's definitely a newer coverage and it's a newer situation. Yeah, Um, there are exclusions on most commercial package or business owner policies for losses caused by cyber attacks or cyber issues. So if you are in a situation where you have personally identifiable information for people, um, potentially if you accept credit cards at your business, even though you have a contract with the credit card company, there's liability on your end that mm. uh, you could be held liable for if credit cards are stolen, credit card numbers are stolen. Um, the, the, the challenge is 
there are requirements if any of that personally identifiable information is stolen or become comes into the wrong hands, which can be through cyber means, like an uh, outside bad actor accessing your systems. Okay. It could also be an employee screwing up and clicking the wrong button on an email that comes in. Yeah, um, It could be, you know, you think about and I don't know if you get these, I get them all the time, fake emails saying I've changed my bank account information for my paycheck. Yeah. Can you please update this? If I fell for that, yeah, <laughs> um, that money is gone, you know, depending on how much it is, mm-hmm. that, that money is gone. With cyber insurance, that helps cover, it helps re- re- replace what you've lost, but it also helps with the notification Costs that are associated with notifying all those people if you're if their information was okay. hacked. How many times do we get letters in the mail that this one was yes. was attacked and here's you know free monitoring service for a year? Those costs are paid by the business that got hacked or their cyber insurance. Okay. Hopefully they have cyber insurance in place. But yeah. one of the worst hacks ever, Summer. And, and this is not something I would ever consider as a, a which makes me really nervous. Needs. I'm I know, not right? sure what you're going to say. I'm like, oh, no, you know. <laughs> so one of the biggest hacks ever was tar- Target. Do you remember when Target was was hacked? Year- it was years ago. Yeah, um, I got emails about it. Yes. So there was uh, it started because of their HVAC contractor. So their heating and oh. air conditioning company came in to do some work brought a computer in that was behind their firewalls or inside oh. their firewalls and ended up infecting their credit card processing service or whatever. And millions, millions of credit cards oh. were stolen. And it was wow. an HVAC contractor. Who on earth would think an HVAC contractor needs to have cyber insurance? They're wow. not, you know, but, but it, they really do. And the po- part for small businesses, hmm. and this is what's becoming more common Small businesses don't typically have the same level of technical support as large companies. This is so, this is a this is such a good topic and this is going to have to be a podcast episode too because <laughs> in our office we have and we we um work with a company called One Call Networks, an IT company out of Traverse City in Colorado. And um we, if someone comes into our office, like the HVAC guy in, in the target situation, and they connect to our network, they are not connecting to the same network that we do business on. Right. So there's different levels of connectivity. And this seems mm-hmm. like this is an issue that target had where that HVAC impl- person should never have been able to connect to the same network that there's exactly. transactions. And a lot of people don't think about that. Like that mm-hmm. when people are coming into your place of business, there are different networks to keep your yes. business and your customers safe. So if you're doing business with Keep It Real Social, you're safe, okay? Um, and I'm sure you are with Harbor Brand as well. Like we Absolutely. know that because of the importance of the transactions and the passwords and all of that stuff, that right. data that's being shared, we don't want Joe Blow to have it. Right. Yeah. The, oh. the risk management side of this, though, is doing education with your employees on what to not click on that come in through emails. Yeah. Um, there's a great company out there called Know Before, K-N-O-W-B-E, the number four, I think. Okay. Um, they do security training for employees. So we actually have an account with them and there are different um, quizzes and tests and information that gets sent out year round to my employees. They also do phishing tests where it sends mm. 
They, they try to trick emails. They try to totally. trick. Oh totally. my gosh. And if Good you one. click on it, you have to go through more training, which they just adore. Love. <laughs> um, but, but there are services out there that you can help educate your employees mm -hmm. to be more cyber aware. So well, yeah, outside there are of insurance, so many crimes. I mean, there's so huge. much of it. It's like, and, and anybody listening as a small business owner, they probably know if they have a Facebook account, they are getting a million messages saying your Facebook account is going to be shut down today. Yes. If you don't do this, 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 and that, because the hackers are just invading the inboxes. And as Key World Social, we're always saying, don't click on those, like, we, because right. they're trying to gain access to your personal account, which will then shut down your business account. But if, if I had my employees accidentally click on one of those, mm -hmm. I, I'm liable if things happen. Exactly. Exactly. Humans make mistakes and the hackers are getting better and better. Well, you've used, you, you're familiar with ChatGPT. Oh, yes. So the Nigerian prince emails that we've been getting forever that have $20 million <laughs> that's just waiting in the bank for me. All I have to do yeah. is send them X, Y, Z. You can usually tell that those are fake based on the very not great <laughs> communication skills that yes. are in there. Yeah. My concern with ChatGPT is how many of those are going to get better because they will start utilizing AI to actually For sure. sound like they're official. Yeah. You know? They'll sound more legitimate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're sounding more legitimate. They're um, doing better jobs at redirects, using logos yeah. and yeah. just just everything sounding more convincing. And it's really easy to to get duped. So really what For I'm sure. coming, what's coming out in this conversation is that <laughs> it is important to have cyber it insurance. Is. If you don't it think is. you need it, you're probably um, gambling with Something yeah. somewhere down the road is going to happen where you're like, uh, I remember hearing that on Small Biz Big Wins. I needed <laughs> cyber insurance. So definitely. Yeah. Now, now that we've broken down the types of insurance, mm -hmm. um, what are some what are some tips for small business owners to consider when choosing the right policies for their business? Because every business is unique. And what I Absolutely. need and what coverage limits I need, it's not going to be the same as my neighbor. Correct. So working with an agent is really important and someone you can trust, someone who knows you, someone who um, can get to know you. The most important thing that I would say to everybody listening to this, when you talk to them, be completely candid on what you do. Okay. So tell, you know, if you have employees running errands in their own cars, let them know. Yeah. Um, you may or may not choose to cover that exposure, but the more you tell your agent about what you do, the more exposures they can find coverage for. The so, better they can help protect your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. The You're not... So in a perfect world, we would go and buy insurance and it would cover every possible thing that could happen and it would be $1,000 a year. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. No. So you may need to make some decisions on what is more important and what isn't. Yeah. My philosophy on insurance has always been that I want coverage for the potential big things that happen and I'm less concerned about the little things. Mm. So having higher deductibles on your policies isn't a bad thing if you can cover the deductible at a time of loss because it will save you money. 
And odds are good, you're probably not going to want to smile, smile, file a small claim anyways, just with the way insurance rates are right now, kind of premiums are through the roof and things are kind of crazy. Sure. Um, so having enough liability coverage and what's enough, it kind of depends on what your situation is. Um, yeah. Both personal and commercial. So having a personal umbrella policy and a commercial umbrella policy, which gives you excess liability coverage, those are great. But if you don't have a lot of assets as a new business, if the business isn't worth that much at the front end, you know, maybe you don't need a $5 million umbrella policy to start. But yeah, what as you build and grow, yeah. you you may want to consider, or as your exposures grow, as the, op- the possibility of more big claims happens, maybe you want to upgrade up, up your liability limits. But talking to the agent, ex- you know, telling them what you do, Making sure you feel comfortable asking questions. Mm. So insurance is confusing. It's very, very, very confusing. And unless you understand what you're purchasing, you're not going to know, A, if you have coverage, you know, something could happen and you may not even realize you have insurance coverage for it. I've had that happen where clients have called me a year or two later and said, oh yeah, I had the, you know, this happened, but you know, I didn't think it was covered. So I didn't even call you. I'm like, Always call me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I not, emailed but. you for things. I mean, I think this is a great example. Like we had a, someone spill something on a work computer, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, emailed you. Is that covered? You're like, it is, but this is your deductible. And then you'd have to file a claim. And so what's the computer worth? And then I had to weigh like, well, it's not yeah. really worth the claim. So, but it was worth emailing you about because what if that was a $5,000 special, you know, who knows? And then you could have, it took me a few minutes to do that. Now, if you made the mistake that I made early on in my business and you go in an online company and you email them, you might not get an answer. Or they might be like, yeah, let's file a claim. Here's your deductible. And then my insurance increases because they don't really care about me as a small business owner. I, I've seen that happen where yeah. um, auto policy, we're quoting someone who had insurance with another carrier and I'm looking, you know, the prior claims show up and they had a $75 collision claim. And it turned out it was something where I think they backed into a parked vehicle or something like that. So this is an at-fault accident. Mm-hmm. The deductible was $500 and the, out, the, the payment amount was $575 and they filed the claim. So they got $75. <laughs> towards mm. this, the, the person's vehicle that they damaged. Wow. And they had an at-fault accident on their record that increased their premium several hundred dollars for three years. That's crazy. So, I, those kinds of things, it's it utilizing your agent for their expertise is yeah. hugely important. And that's what we're here for. So small business, certainly startup business, having conversation and not every agent is exactly the same. So if you meet with somebody and kind of like not every therapist is exactly the same, Totally, (laughs) you meet with somebody and you don't click, find someone else because you will find an agent that will really truly be looking out for your best interest and want to do what's right for you. They are not the, the agent that I'm referring to that I that I try to live up to be myself, we're not going to try and sell you something you don't need. We will try to educate you on here are your options. Options, yeah. Here are the things that you can choose. And then it's in your hands. What What do you want to get? Yep. Um, there are some things you have to get legally. 
There's some things that would be nice to have. There's some things that are really less expensive than you think they are when you add in multi-policy discounts and things like that and give you better coverage. So yeah, talking to an agent and being forthright and candid is really good. No, that's really good advice. There is so much that I've learned in this episode. And I think any small business owner listening um, has learned. And really what I'm hearing is that it is so important to have those conversations. It's important that your agent is asking questions. If they're not, then maybe there's a red flag there for you that they should be asking you questions. They should be wanting to know about your business so they can best insure you and and you can make those educated decisions. If they're not educating you, that's a problem. And that's what I really liked working with you. I mean, we, it took a long time. It was not, it was a time consuming process, not overly time consuming, but what we got out of that was education. We received quality insurance. We recovered and we actually saved money, which was bonkers about it all. Um, but that I know, I knew someone had my best interest at heart. So that's just, I mean, I can't speak highly enough, you know, for any small business owner finding that agent that's that good fit for you is really, really important. So so one last question, and I ask all my guests this question, and I know you listen to the podcast, so you know it's coming, but what is a big win that you've had as a business owner? And did you recommend coverage to someone and it saved a business? Um, Your agency won an award, you landed a big client. What is it that is your big win? So the problem is I have listened to the previous uh, episodes (laughs) and- two of your four or five, whatever that are out now have stolen my, <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> they, have to, well, they can, it can be the same big win for you. I know. So uh, Jennifer Shorter talked about receiving the Athena award. Uh, I think it was two years ago that she received yeah. it. I received it the year before she, uh, before she did. She, I was actually the one that, that read the speech for her um, award. Um, yes. Yeah, it was I think it was two years ago. It was yeah, it was two years ago. Yep. So that the Athena when I received the Athena was probably one of the most amazing experiences of my life. My um, husband at the time was attending, or boyfriend now husband was attending <laughs> Celebration of Champions for the first time, and he's sitting next to me. And Stephanie Baldwin, who would be another great speaker for for your podcast, Stephanie she would, would be, be a great guest. Yes. Yes. Um, she gets up and she starts speaking and I lean over to Steve and I said, okay, so 10 years from now, when I've like really accomplished something, this, this is what I aspire to. This is what I want. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He totally knew I was getting it. (laughs) (laughs) He did not bring Kleenex at all. Oh my gosh. Um, But like the second or third line of Stephanie's speech or, uh, um, she said, uh, she graduated from Smith college and I lost it. Yeah, I, I started bawling. I was <laughs> She's there. Up on yeah. stage and she looks at me. She's like, oh my God, I can't look at you. I'm gonna start crying. Uh, um, that was that was huge. Mainly because the women who have received it before me are my idols. They are my, my role models. These are women that have given back so much to this community and have done so much within northern Michigan. Um and I never, I, and I'm, I, 
I guess I'm not young anymore. I'm getting older, <laughs> but, but I kind of felt like this was like a lifetime achievement award. Kind yeah. of and I was not at all anticipating that it would be something I would receive. So that was, that was, that's a, that is a huge personal win for sure. Yeah. So if anyone who's not familiar, so first off, we are located in Petoskey, Michigan. We have a Petoskey, um, the Petoskey Regional Chamber of Commerce. Every year they do a big event called the Celebration of Champions. And this event honors and recognizes community members and businesses that have ex excelled at stuff and people nominate each other. And one of these awards is the Athena Award. And a previous guest, Jennifer Shorter, um, two years ago, yes, she was um, nominated and won this award. And Ashley was um, the year before that. And so if you're not familiar with the Athena Award, it, it is international, I believe, and it recognizes it women who have achieved amazing things, but have really, most importantly, given back to their communities and have stood up for people um, that volunteer. And so it is an enormous recognition and you are a part of a global network of Athena award winners. And so that is something to celebrate and to be achieved. And we'll put information about the Athena award again in the show notes, because I think that this is something that you can, no matter where you're tuning in from, can learn more about the Athena award and nominate somebody you know absolutely to to be celebrated and i think that 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 is exactly what this podcast is about is to celebrate small business owners and that success and i love that we're leaving that on a great great note so ashley thank you so much for your time you do so mm -hmm. much for small um and local small businesses and our community and you also give back to those in your industry you speak at conferences you are on podcasts i mean you write articles you just not just give back to local small business owners but give back to the insurance industry as a whole and i think that that should be um definitely recognized um and i want to say i appreciate you so today i'm positive that anybody that's listening to the show has learned something about insurance to help protect their small business from really it's unforeseen circumstances. None of us are waking up tomorrow or today and thinking someone's gonna trip on that cord or that ice. Like you don't think it's gonna happen, but you do need to prepare for it. So to learn more about Ashley and for insurance help, visit the link in the show notes. If she can't help, I am positive with her connections in the industry um, that she can direct you to someone who can. And don't forget to tell her that Summer sent you. So, all right, folks, my head is spinning. Um, there's so much to learn as a small business owner and to consider protecting your business is a must. So don't take the unnecessary risks. You're working too hard to grow something that's financially successful. So protect it. That's my two cents worth. I'm not a gambler. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, please share it with fellow small business owners. Subscribe to the podcast on um, Shop. I said I was going to say Shopify. Don't subscribe <laughs> on Shopify, but subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. And of course, please leave us a review. That means so much to us. When you leave us a review, it helps other small business owners find the show and tune in. Plus, it just means a lot to me. So I love hearing from you. Until next time, make this week in business a great one. It's uh, quarter one of 2024. And maybe when you're listening, we'll publish this and it'll be 2020 or quarter two of 2024. But whatever. I hope that you are killing it if you're tuning in. So thank you so much. Bye.